again. And nobody will ever win a European Cup final more dramatically than this. Balotelli, Aguero! downfield trying to get something going for Sunderland might get on the end of that does a little bit falls for Chris Maguire thinks about a shot right footed deep inside injury time Chris Maguire for Sunderland makes it 2-2 what a strike that is some famous football moments for English football there accompanied by the iconic pieces of commentary that represent them welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast joining myself Stephen Goldsworth tonight I've got Gareth as always hello your cue to say your cue to say hello hi everyone how's it going after nearly eight years, um, there'll be eight years in a week, Steve. But not everybody's listening. You've got to always pretend, and we that's all, I'm, I'm the most guilty for this. You've always got to assume that your listeners are, it's the first time they've ever listened. That's the only rule, isn't I it? If I ever present this, I always forget to introduce myself. It's terrible. No, I, I'm arrogant? the worst. I'm in, so? No, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in no place to preach because I'm the worst for it. But um, every now and again, it pops into my head that we should maybe be a little bit yeah. better at easing our newer listeners in who don't just like understand who we are. And then you just press play on a podcast and you just start talking and think right who's who are these people and what they're saying um Craig Clark's with us as well hello hello that's, that's been a while since yeah. I've been on on a Monday it is, it, I yeah you've ditched, I don't you've know just in favor for the for the for the Wednesday stroke Thursday which is well I mean I, I haven't I think last time starting to develop I think last time I came on both times I might have come on three times in a row or something actually mm. so uh you know, it's just when when the availability's there, I'll come on. You know, it's what happens when the podcast evolves into into different shows that requires its own production and stuff. <laughs> you just end up spreading yourself more thinly, <laughs> and then having a few weeks off. There's plenty of other voices we want we, to hear other than off. mine. You know what we I, I, we always look forward to the weeks off we get in the summer. And we didn't have yeah. one last year in lockdown because we try to bring our listeners good quality content throughout, didn't we? And to keep ourselves busy as well. Because that's it was, true. Um, I'm just looking now. It was. Um, the seventh, our first pod would have been the seventh of March, twenty thirteen. Wow, it is close. So it week would have been six days. Yeah, mm. week off. Craig was what the which original mean, third member of Wise Men say, which means the, the, which the means third, third third Beatle. Right, and come on next week as well if you want. We'll celebrate things that, wildly. That actually means that. <laughs> did you say it was six dog? That so that means on the seventh Sunday, of, we'll have a reaction pod out, and the idiots are representing our. Anniversary. Fine. The passing of the baton, that isn't it? Is. It? it is, yes. Well, the, yeah, a good reaction put actually on Saturday. That's it was. Saturday, stroke Sunday. That's covered a lot of what we normally do. We normally sort of divert in, into different topics, but I think, you know, such was the nature of this game. The, the things are quite obvious to talk about. We look at, uh, about some of the, we look at some of those things now in a little bit more in depth, and we'll also uh, talk about the Swindon game because. Being League One and being the EFL, we have two games a week now as standard. Um, by the time March comes around, uh, how's that for drama, first of all? It doesn't matter what division you're in, does it? Or what context? Well, I mean, just the quality of the two goals doesn't matter what division you're in there. Mm. They're phenomenal technique, both of them. I was talking to my dad about it uh, yesterday and I was saying, which did you think was the better goal? I know it's a totally arbitrary question, but in some ways I think Jones's might have been better the way he hit the corner, like you couldn't, it, you know, that shot, usually it's a bit of a curler, isn't it? But it was straight as an arrow across the goal. 
that's a very unusual technique. Carlos I thought Edwards. it was brilliant. Yes, yeah, but, but, but not as far out. And with it was because it was with the right foot, but going to to the right. I thought it was an excellent strike. I thought it was Maguire's. Is, don't get us wrong; it's an emphatic strike, and it's the equaliser which gives it extra, you know, meaning. Seven minutes in a stoppage time. But I, I thought that Jones, that that you could see Maguire hitting that. I didn't see Jones hitting that when he did. It, it just kind of, it was the bolt out of the blue sort of situation. It came very much at a time, didn't it, where surely all of us were sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, well, we're playing a lot better now, but it's far too little too late. And then he hits it, you're like, oh, hello, what <laughs> that is. Game on much, now. It was very much a, one, one of those where the net catches the ball. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. Like, because it, it was like, you know, going through that, little shed behind the goal. In the um, 90s, you would have had a camera in that top corner and they would, oh, have yeah. done, they would have showed you footage of where the oh, ball would have nice. like hit off the camera. They were yeah. great then. Why have they stopped doing that? That's a great... That's, a, great, um, that's a very good point. Maybe maybe crew used to have them and <laughs> got rid of them or something. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, we, yeah. we get one camera um, at the games or away games, um, obviously relying on the EFL cameraman. Um, I don't think the AFL cameraman has uh, those goal, GoPros available to him, obviously. So, yeah. But it was, you're right, the, the net caught it. I like that. I love that description, in fact. And I think that's why I enjoyed the goal so much, because of the way it nestled. It was just, yeah. you don't get them that often, do you, like no. that? It was like one of them where in, in the old old days, back in the day, <laughs> um, when you'd have the... Uh, the stanchions and yes. the top yep. might have got stuck in the stanchion, which yeah. is the most aesthetically aesthetically pleasing um, after the ball going onto the crossbar. And there were a couple of famous incidents in the 70s where the goals didn't stand because the referee yeah. thought it hit off the woodwork. Clive Allen was one. I can't remember. There was another famous player who, who did it. And there was one... The goal didn't stand. Re- like, oh, we are have heavily digressed here, but there was one... Don't worry about that. In keep, the keep game. it rolling. Keep it rolling. So it was the game. <laughs> I remember this. I'm sure it was the night. It was either it might have been the night we beat Newcastle um, two one. Which time? In the rain. <laughs> no, too many to remember. Or it was the night we beat Watford. It was one of the first two midweek games, and Michael Bridges scored a hat trick for Leeds at Southampton. Oh yes, I remember that. Um, and in the Southampton scored. Mark Hughes scored, and the ball hit the. Um, the bit, the bottom of the net, and yes. the ball bounced back oh, out. Oh yeah, the advertising the board. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the advertising board. Oh, it not. was like it was like the tube, but the because well the, yes. the cell, the nets were like incredibly shallow anyway. Yeah, but it's hit. They put some like new weight on the bottom of the net, and it hit the hit the weight and bounced back out, and um, didn't count. So, well, you don't get that. You well, don't get that now. It was a funny old ground, the mm. Dell, wasn't it? Yeah. Did anybody ever explain? Did everyone ever explain the architecture behind the goal, where it was like a diagonal and like one lopsided? It was a street, wasn't it? Out the back, there was a street. Probably. I'm sure if you see an aerial view of the of the ground, there's a street that runs diagonally, and and maybe it's similar to Newcastle, where they can't build up on certain sides of the ground due to the listed buildings. I don't know whether it was anything to do with them being listed, but I think obviously there were homes there, and they just couldn't. It was amazing. Build like, stand up like aesthetically, where just one side, it's just like a, a massive diagonal, isn't it? Where one mm. side's quite low, there's only like a, a few seats to the, to the back row, and then you have like a massive side by the time you get to the other side of the stand. So, that's one of the things about League One, isn't it? You get stadiums like that are 
sort of architecturally unusual because everything's so symmetrical the further up you go these days. Mostly, not everywhere, but mostly. Yeah. In League One, you get these like crew crew's got a kind of a funny little ground. Yeah, haven't it's they? like it's like the crew have got a ground that where one stand said we did have a dalliance in like a high level of football once. It's like where they've just gone yeah. like we'll this like massive stand in because like we got promoted to the championship. Yeah, so you, be- you. doesn't Barnsley Barnsley as well has got yeah. one really Bradford's, big stand yeah. and one really small stand. Bradford, Bradford's like you say, I think it's when well, I think you're right. Camera. I think it's when these teams double in the Premiership, isn't yeah. it? In the Premier League, and then they think, right, we've got money to spend now. I've been relegated. Where we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to put <laughs> the uh, the blocks on that. Birmingham have it as well, where they've got like one. Like oh, the one shade stand. Yeah, the yeah. camera the, where the camera is. It's, it's this wooden stand, a bit like a bit like Barnsley. It's the same. Yeah. There's like that wooden do think, stand on one side. Do you side. think it would look better if our stand was our camera was on the other side of the ground and you captured the the bigger stand on that? Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I don't mind the badge on there, aren't you? Yeah, I haven't got a strong yeah. opinion on it. It just popped to me. Okay, I, I, head there. I think because it's such a, it is like a. I know the two sides are the, the behind the goal and the, the West Stand is bigger than the other sides, but it is a more uniformly built stadium, so it, it doesn't matter as much to in my mind. Middlesbrough but, changed their their gallery, so um, you like if you look at the old footage of the, yeah, the other side ground, it, 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 you kick the kick the other way now because. Mm. Um, but the the, 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 press is, well. the press is still on one side, but then the gantries at the other side. Um, Aston Villa did, and um, West Ham did just before the moves. Um, Maybe we uh, should talk more about the game. Stadium. I know, I know. <laughs> we have very much digressed. <laughs> this, this has gone off on. A, this has gone way beyond the digression. It's, it's just not what happens when you when you run out of when you run out of things to say, though, isn't it? Well, well, the thing is, there's plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. Football throws up those like. Those aesthetics, doesn't it? Those like little, those little things that people kind of have a weird sort of preference for. That are like to to have a preference for it is absurd, but you kind of. I've tried to one. move it on, and, and you've dragged it back. I was <laughs> I, I was moving explain. it back into the realm. Of what we're going to do is say tweet in your weirdest oh, football aesthetics. That's fine, um, and we'll talk about them on another pod. But mm. like or don't Craig tweet says, them, and if you want us to never talk about this subject ever again, which might be understood. You, you should look for more seamless sort of segue, Craig, to, to, to not make it of to not make it obvious to the listener that you were trying yeah. to move it on and that the conversation. Yeah. My, my apologies. Right. I just so, wanted to. I don't know. I think we. Can we praise the character of the team and Lee Johnson's changes, but also can we talk about the fact that we got it wrong? Yeah, so let's get the negative with, stuff out of the way first. Because I, I I made I know what point you're gonna make, Craig, about the um, you know, the fact the team was was similar. There was only one change, but he went to four at the back instead of three at the back. And I know I know he finished the previous game with four at the back, but he started the last two with three at the back. And we were all just saying the same thing basically when we were talking to each other during the game, weren't we? That um I put this up on my social media, my own social media, and, and comment on that. I got, I got quite a few comments saying, oh, I was I was criticising the fact that Luke O'Neill was playing centre-half in particular. And I got a lot yep. of criticism saying, oh, you're just doing that in hindsight. Now, nope. I mean, that's categorically not true because we absolutely nope. caned Phil Parkinson for yep. playing Luke O'Neill. And that was in a back three. Yep. Never mind as a, as a, a centre-half and a parent. So, yes, um, I think Johnson was right 
little things like not winning the not winning the second balls, not moving the ball quickly enough, not showing the desire. Now you can't micromanage that all the time, so the no. you know, players take responsibility for that. But they were not helped. Let's get it right. They were not helped by that back four. That that makeshift back four doesn't even do that justice. That term. Well, I think their manager must have looked at the centre back pairing and thought, you know, I've got these two big strikers on Porter and um, Mandarin. Let's just let's get at them. And I mean, look, it wasn't just down to the centre backs because I think for the second goal, I think it was the second one. Porter, who's in his mid thirties, is just streaming through our half of the pitch, totally unchallenged. There's just this humongous gap. And a part of that was, in my opinion, down to fact. I don't think Scone had a very good game at all. He, he was rather anonymous. But yeah, that isn't just down to the, the defensive shape. That's down to, like you say, some of those other things to, to, you know, maybe desire or whatever you want to call it or whether team leggy, I don't know. But a player in his mid-30s, who's never amounted to anything particularly special at any level of football in his career, is streaming through like that. I mean, it's, you know, it's one thing finishing the game with four at the back against Fleetwood because they'd not offered any sort of threat since the first 10 minutes of the game. Well, Crewitt certainly wasn't like that. They, they smelled blood and they came after us. And really, if we're being honest, we couldn't have come down Lost you a bit there, Craig, I think. Unless it was my Wi-Fi, yeah. Gareth's just sitting silently there. <laughs> so I don't no, know. I was, just, I was just listening. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, um, sometimes it, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's speaking with hindsight and I would say because we've done well with those players kind of out of position in previous games recently you always the it's it's always best to remember that they are playing in an unnatural role so if they're off it in any other aspect it's going to affect the performance doubly so for me it wasn't so much the system or the whatever for me it was more to do with the fact that we just weren't we clearly weren't oh, okay. at it yeah I and that. as a result, it's it's if you're not that and you and you're in you're already disadvantaged, it's gonna be you're gonna get punished for it. Yeah, well that's the like, that's the point, isn't it? They weren't they weren't helped by you know they weren't helped by the performance, but it's just it's another thing to throw in, it's another contributing factor, isn't it? And you need well, to try I, I and keep those down or minimum. Look at Liverpool this season. They've had their best centre back has been out most of the season. But they've had injuries. They've had at times two central midfielders playing at the back. Now they, you're talking about central midfielders who are world class. Obviously, they're playing against a higher caliber of opposition, and it has worked for them at times. They've they've been fine, but generally speaking, no one's telling me that over the, the course of a season, if they hadn't have had a more stable back four, that then they probably wouldn't have just ended up scoring more goals because you're building from a much more secure base. Now we're playing at a lower level, and so therefore you're against mm-hmm. a lower level of competition in attack. But you've got a, a junior centre back in Sanderson who's played really, really well. But he is a young guy, and you're asking him to basically marshal the whole thing from the centre. And I think that's that's a lot to ask of him every game. It's all right once you know maybe he's against Fleetwood, and 
I think as well, having to play all nine centre-back, we're losing something in, in another position in midfield, which is really, really disappointing. Um, I think as well, when he's made the changes, well, you've ended the game with McLaughlin at left-back, Power at right-back and 0-9 at centre-back, and Vogan still on the bench. That tells you a lot about, not really necess- not just the recruitment in January, but recruitment in general. We're, we're not right at the back. And we are in touching distance now of the top two. It's it's a it's a real it's a realistically realizable target. And I just we need someone back Flanagan or right as soon as possible. And it's nothing against Luke O'Neill per se. It's the whole, it's just it means everything else can improve because you've got players in their proper positions. Just to reiterate what the lads were saying on the reaction pod, the the, the obvious thing that, that you know, we. We all said this instantly, so I would be surprised if more more Sunderland fans weren't. If you're going to have, you know, yes, he's restricted in who he can play, but if you're going to put that back four out, you play you play all nine right back and McLaughlin centre half for a start, surely. Yeah, no, because we got all nine. You know, yes, we we prefer him in midfield, but he's a good right back. He's not just he doesn't just fill in there. He's a, he's a good right back who contributes from an attacking point of view as well. Where yeah. McLaughlin's improved on that front, like. A lot, you know, he's, he looks like oh, a, yeah. a totally different player. Does Conor McLaughlin? However, you're looking for somebody filling in the centre half. He's a he's a better option, you would have thought, and that that's that's right there in front of him. That's not even getting the system and personnel wrong. That's just having two people in the wrong position. I think he's more he's more physically imposing as well, isn't he, McLaughlin, than than all nine in that in that position. Um, but yeah, I think that's a simple change you could make at the start, which definitely does um, help you out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like it's interesting. Say, it's, Johnson it's, said he did, so. Lee Johnson before the game said, "I've never seen Logo and I play a right back," and now I'm I'm hoping he just meant live. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah, why wouldn't you have watched the countless recorded? footage yes. of him playing, especially there. as we see when this is somebody. I mean, remember Jack Ross unequivocally said he was a right back. He he, he yeah. you know he 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 stuck that flag in the ground, didn't he, and said, no, you know, he's had interest from the championship as a right back. He is a right back now. Now we it's not something we necessarily agreed with here. We always thought he had more more to offer. It's it's you know it does seem like Johnson's prepared to give him a go there. But you would think he would have look, let's give him the bit of the down and say yeah he, he meant live. He must have meant live. Oh yeah. Well he yeah. referred to him playing fullback anyway because you know, he was talking about the shoulder injury and, you know, not being able to take throw-ins as a fullback. So, um, I don't know, that is a bit of a strange one. But we're in a situation now, aren't we, though, Gareth, where we're looking at McLaughlin finishing the game at left-back. Now, I, I struggle to see how he can start McFadden again. <laughs> uh, I'm, and I'm, I, that sounds ridiculous. It might sound like a total over-exaggeration, but, you know, he's, he's, he's very bad. He's not a good footballer. If he's going to play in the team, it's as a wing back, not as a full back. That throw in across our own box, I think, summed him up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take him out the team, which he did during the game, and your preference is to move Max Power, who was playing pretty well in midfield at that point, to right back, move your right back to left back, and have all these shifting parts, which in the end we did, we pulled the game back, so you can't really criticize it. But you've got a left back who you've signed in January, sat on the bench. What does that say going forward? I don't know. I don't know what you think, but it suggests to me doesn't think Vogan's as ready. I mean, I guess the 
think I agree with what you're saying. Um, but I guess he couldn't. That change came after the lead bit of change, didn't it? Where McLaughlin went to left back, didn't it? No, yeah, no, he, well, he brought Winchester on, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he made the change oh, yeah. because McFadden no, right, yeah. was so bad. He just yeah, had to right. get him out of there. He yeah, had to take him right. off. It's it's definitely a conversation they must be having every day. Like, you know, our left back is playing terrible because he's arguably the worst permanent player we've ever had in our history. And the <laughs> replacement sitting on the bench is worse. <laughs> amazing, amazing scenes. Um, does, does, does Johnson see. think, does let's, let's put it out then, let's, let's, let's be fair to Vulcans. He's not played a lot of senior yeah. football. Yeah. Cold. Does Johnson is the, is it going to be one of those where we've seen Jones has improved as he's played more of a part? Does he think or are we hoping that Vogans is getting he doesn't want to throw him back into the deep end because he has struggled? So he's trying to keep him back, but he's hoping in two or three games time, four or five games time, I can put him in with some confidence because I've been working with him on the training pitch. Yeah. He knows how we want to play. Or are we just saying He's nearly 21 years old. He hasn't played a lot of senior football. And because of what we've seen in a Sunderland shirt, there's a reason he hasn't played a lot of senior football. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? When you, like, when you, you watch know. it, when you watch Vaughan's from the little we've seen, him working with him isn't going to make him be able to run faster. No, but the basic me, stuff, you know, like, you know, like when he was showing that Burton player and he was letting him he was letting him come inside instead of showing him down the outside. And, and that was what Johnson was getting frustrated at that. This is always something that, this is something that amazes me as a football fan and somebody who's played fullback at a very, 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 very low level. Um, <laughs> that these are basic things that if your wingers coming inside, you show them outside. Now I know yep. it's easier said than done. And I'm not saying that I'll be able to go out on the pitch and show Burton's winger <laughs> outside, for example, that's not the point I'm trying to make, but when you're playing at a certain level, it it should it should be that simple, and that perhaps is stuff that could be could be worked out on the training ground, though, isn't it? To give to to be fair, look, McLaughlin's not gotten any quicker, and uh, McLaughlin, look, has got bags fair, of experience, but he came in looking like an absolute awful signing, didn't he? Let's yeah. not, you know, he looked terrible. We haven't got as much time with Falcons, much much less time until he goes back, and much less time for him to make mistakes here, but. If he can sort his positioning out, just as a starting point, I know it yeah. should, like you say, Steve, it should be basics for a player who's at an academy like Southampton. You'd think he'd have that figured out. But if he can just work with him for a couple of weeks, the problem is it's what you're going to do in the interim. You're already playing Luke O'Neill at centre-back. You know, if you move McLaughlin to left-back, you're forcing yourself to stick with O'Neill at centre-back. I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted to put all nine a left back, and then Against. and then McLaughlin. Well, let's. Right I'll tell you what. Let's. And let's then, well, because if we get Flanagan, if we get Flanagan back, for example, and, big help. And yeah. right in the next sort of ten days, that that changes things because I don't. Does. I think Luke O'Nine would. I'd rather have Luke O'Nine at left back than either of the two we've got. And he'd be. I think he'd do. He played there against Oxford in the um, in the League Cup. Hmm. And he was absolutely fine. He's, he likes to use his left foot. He plays on the left side of that, that two or other three. If he plays centre back, so you know sometimes he takes free kicks with his left foot it's, for some reason. I, so I, 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 would, I would be I would be happy with him going there 
and then having the having you know Flanagan or right alongside Sanderson and having McLaughlin at right back, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. So if that's the case, just to continue on this thread, I mean McLaughlin's played left back as well. We're not talking about a short-term solution here. We're talking about potentially this is the rest of the season, depending on when Hume's available. Even if Hume becomes available, how long before, after a long layoff like that, are you actually match fit? Might be beyond the end of the season. We're talking about potentially a fit for the rest of the season. Is playing someone like, say, Luke O'Neill left back for the rest of the season, potentially, is that going to scupper or scoring up automatically? Because you mean you can't use him in midfield where our best performance was against Doncaster with him in midfield with scoring and power, in my opinion. And you've already, remember, we've lost Ledbetter now as well. So we're another body down. Mm. I want to, we'll get on this actually, because I want to talk, I, I do want to raise that question now. Does this, has this sort of derailed our chances of automatic promotion? Because we, I think we, we, crew have shown what can happen when it wants to put a bit of pressure on. A couple of things I want to finish on, on the, on the performance, uh, on the, the weekend's result. Um, Thought it was quite funny. Cruz manager uh, post match interview. Did you see? He got very defensive. The whole reverse snobbery came thing came out and started saying yeah. they've needed two wonder goals to beat us, and we played really well. And I thought that was fair enough. You know, and praised his players. But then he he wouldn't let it go, and he kept coming back saying, and then and set the start to say, um, you know, they've came to little old crew, mm. and uh, and you know struggled, and they've got a big forty thousand seat stadium, and we've got this, and you know, by rights you shouldn't be here, but you know. You can't just come in. And I just thought, oh, just give it a fucking break, man. Do you know what I mean? I can't wait to get no. rid of all that because we won't get that in the championship. So I just want to point that out. Finally, before we move on, Chris Maguire, we can't really, you know, yeah. we, we we went off on a bit of a tangent because just acknowledging how good Jones' goal was. Chris Maguire is better for me. They were both excellent oh, goals. Well. Uh, just just the, technique the technique to get that yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> to get to get the movement, the pace, the accuracy and everything from that is, is just sensational. He's, for, he's know, actually for chested it down as well. Mm. So he's chested it down before he's hit it. So that ball's going away from him. So, mm. I mean, the touch and then the hit, to hit it back across yourself. This could be his, it's his little reminder to everybody, isn't it? It's, it's almost you can't like... Write him off. like... You can't write Chris McGuire off. Is it, how many times has he been written off? When he's been at Sunderland, and he'll come, he'll he might be crap for five games, but when he's good for five games, he'll win you three or four games in that five games. We've seen that before, and that the reason he's playing at this level is because he's massively inconsistent. I do. It's interesting that you know it's almost like has the inclusion, you know, because the subs, like Craig said at the very start there. Um, you know, we will get on the negative stuff first. We we praise the manager for his his substitutions. This highlights we said it ages ago that Sunderland squad size is going to be significant because other clubs just don't have four players of that quality that you could just throw on the pitch at any one time. And I do wonder if the inclusion of Jones and Diamond and players like that has suddenly made Maguire realise. Obviously, McGeady's back in the team as well. Think right, I'm going to have to do something now because I'm not even getting in the squads anymore. So. That's certainly, you know, it's depleted at the back, but at that end of the pitch, Craig, it's it's looking a lot healthier again. Well, this is the funny thing, isn't it? O'Brien's actually filling in as one of the wingers, despite yeah. the fact we've got about 100 wingers in the squad or players who can play on the wing, because Gooch obviously started in a slightly different role, more centrally, with O'Brien kind of... We had this kind of lopsided... It, yeah. To me, 
I, I quite like O'Brien. I think he's a smart footballer. I think he's intelligent. He comes short well. He's got a nice touch. I think if you're going to play three up front, use one of these wingers you've got because you've yeah. got so many to pick from. Jones has shown countless times. Maguire is better wide, in my opinion, he's, than he he's is central. sort of playing Maguire's role. So where Maguire played when we when we went that run under Phil Parkinson yep. and Maguire and Gooch were either side um, of Charlie White then, that's the kind of role he played then. Took, you know, tucked in behind the striker more than out wide. So if, 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 if Johnson likes that, and it's O'Brien's at the moment, that's probably the one Maguire's going to have his eye on. What it does make you wonder is, does that mean it's one of Jones, McGeady, Diamond, you know, the more sort of natural kind of wingers? I know McGeady floats around and does what he wants generally, but it's interesting. We'll, 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 we'll come on to that because I want to talk about the game and just and, and Sunderland going forward in the season because these are some of the things now the manager is going to have to think about. Shall we do the usual... Um... Housekeeping then. Got additional housekeeping today. So firstly, obviously, as I always say, um, if you head over to from the terraces of code UK and use the code WMS10, um, you receive 10% off your entire purchase. So all the items that nestle within that virtual basket uh, will come uh, under the bracket of that discount. So, you know, you can get all sorts from there. So, Can't. what's your favourite thing from FTT, Craig? Long sleeve polo, but I am a, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of sweatshirt, and I know it's been colder today than it has been over the weekend, but I feel like we are gearing up now towards yeah. spring and warmer weather. Agreed. So, you can, still, you can still have a nice sweater on, can't you? But you're moving into t- long sleeve T-shirts, that, that nice sort of... What's the word? Like the right, right thickness of material for spring yeah. time, isn't it? Or you could did wear you know that, a did you know that long polo sleeve? and then have the wear like a short sleeve polo and then get one of their lovely sort of jackets, like sort of spring summer jackets that you can get. Pop one of them on. You're in business then. Sorted. You know that long sleeve polos is like a, quite a regional thing, and it's not. Is it? It's not that widely spread away from the northeast. Really. I didn't know that myself until hmm. recently. I thought because like lots of big brands like Paul Smith and yeah. that do them, I thought uh, they must be nationally apparently, apparently worn. Not. Apparently not, but um, heard this. yeah, Doesn't I know. Sound I don't. Me. Who told well, you this? Well, we're not getting into all that um, market research. Um, <laughs> yes, jackets, coats, t-shirts, polos, long sleeve polos. It's all there for you. Um, shorts, like the shorts Sunday, weather is this like the Thursday Sunday Indian special that only exists in like the SR yeah and a thing like that codes. yeah <laughs> that is well that's something else applause yeah I bet there's some listeners who didn't know that true because it's something that you assume everybody does the Thursday and Sunday specials at the Indian exactly. takeaways and restaurants and it, it is a northeast it thing not, well it's very specific to Sunderland and Shields well. and Shields, Shields yeah. as well does Shields, it yeah, yeah. So mm. if, you, if you live outside the northeast and uh, <laughs> you get the Thursday what, Sunday if, special, get in touch. Yeah, if you live in the northeast and you can't get the Sunday oh, Thursday special, actually. let us know. Because that that you know, like we say, generally it is the the Sunland and Shields area. So if there's anybody living um, deeper in the Tyneside than Shields, mm. um, sometimes Shields in Shields, like if you go in, obviously you can't at the minute, but because there's so much competition on like Ocean Road, it's basically Monday through Thursday you get a set menu. And a slightly different one on a Sunday, I think it is. 
And then Friday, Saturday has got like either another set menu, which is slightly more expensive or just a la carte. But because there's so many to pick from, you're getting a menu like nearly all week. Sweet. Mm. So our local one started to do a Friday special. Anyway, we'll not divert from the terraces is the key message here. Yeah, no. Eat, but eat if you from do the want terraces, a curry, eat while eating yeah. Indian, while eating a don't, curry. Yeah. Don't eat a white from the terraces item while eating the curry though. No, because, I mean, getting turmeric stain on your top is just you know, game over, game over. So yeah. do not eat any. A curry whilst wearing FDT, yeah. that's what I would say. You Take your top off and, and then stare, hang it up across the other side of the room and stare at it admiringly. <laughs> well, you need an FTT bib to capture your dinner medals. Yeah, yeah, agree. 10% um, off anyway. You pass use a WMS discount code. Um, the other thing is you may have noticed on the socials, we're doing a, a live show on the 13th of. March, um, the night before the EFL Trophy Final, um, Danny Collins is joining us. It will be on Zoom, as is the trend. Um, we've got all sorts of different things done. Got uh, Rory and Max curating a just a man eleven. Got Tom's going to do some cans and mega bus bits and bobs. So there'll be interactive bits as well. There's going to be a quiz, I think, because you have to do a quiz now, like constantly do quizzes. Like yeah. that's what we've learned during the pandemic. You don't do a quiz at least three times a week. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Like it gives, gives the gives the viewers something to get involved with. Not even not even worth you know thinking about. Um, so yeah, you can get the tickets um, through Eventbrite. Um, so if you search for the search for Wise Wednesday on there, or if you go wisewednesday.co.uk, that all the links are there. The tickets are donation only, and so you can pick what you want. If you're a bit hard up at the moment. Um, because of the current situation, you don't have to pay anything if you don't want to. But if you do pay something, all of that money um, goes to the Sunderland Together Initiative, which is being put together by. And, and as Gareth said, don't feel and... like don't feel obliged if if you're yeah. not in a position where you can't. It's just exactly. you know, it's optional, and we, it's not like where you get it anyway. We're passing it on. So just if you can, if you can't, just sign up anyway and come along. I don't want you to miss out just because you just because you feel like yeah, you can't contribute a couple of quid. So right. Um, There's not many, to, but, but we've sold over half the tickets in, yeah. in the last day. Get a move so, on. <laughs> yeah, response has been good. You know, because yeah. people, this is the new thing, isn't it? We do. Yeah. We will get back at the pubs when we can. Don't think like this is going to take over. Yeah. It's not like Microsoft Teams meetings where you're not going to have regional meetings where you travel from Sunderland to Middlesbrough, for example, anymore, because you're going to just do those online. That's fair enough. That's one thing. I mm. am not replacing pub events for this long term god no way we'll get back in the pub when we can and i can't wait for that right spend another uh, last 10 minutes or so then just talking about hey, hey, swindon and just sunderland going forward so lots of things to address really we've been discussing and, and just elaborate on what we were talking about before the break there craig um can sunderland based on the evidence of that first half performance we'll give crew credit as well um sustain a challenge for the top two positions with that kind of personnel available at the back. I know we've got a couple of players coming back, as Gareth said, but they might need to get up to speed as well. Uh, well, on the one hand, we're lucky. It's not a great division this year. We said this last year, but we look better equipped this year than we did last year because we've got a better manager. I think we can start safely saying Lee Johnson has proven he's got more in his toolbox yeah. than Phil Parkinson. Yeah. He can change a game in a game like he did uh, on the weekend there. Um, I think... 
the fact Lincoln stuttered on a weekend, it's encouraging. Other teams that are above us, none of them seem to be able to get a run together except Peterborough. for Peterborough. Yeah. But the thing that's always played in my mind is just as everyone else is going to stutter in or has stuttered, are we going to do the same thing? Now, I think of the games that were coming on up, Crew away was the one. If we were going to drop points, that was probably the one because they have a very good home record. They were in yeah. good home form. And the fact that we showed that character and we came back and drew a game against the team that could quite easily and probably should have beaten us in a way that you could argue we should have beaten other teams this season, some of the chances we've created, that's great. Swindon, not a good side. Not good away. According to some of the stats I'd seen on here, they're averaging conceding more than two goals a game away from home. I mean, you know, we've got... They, they don't have the average in less than point a point a game away from home. They've only won 14% of their away games. We've got to be going and winning tomorrow. Like, if we've got to win tomorrow, win, win again tomorrow, win again on Saturday. I don't think that... I think the crew game's in the rear view mirror mm. and you're thinking again... Oh. It's a, good, it's, it's a great point in that you, you're talking there, you've played six, you've won five and drawn one. Yeah, and if somebody, said to you, if somebody said to you before that run of games, would you take that? You absolutely would have. 100%. Um, 13 points from, from fifth, well, not 13 points from five games or whatever it would be. Um, for your last five, you'd take it, so... Yeah, um, no, it, 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 they're putting the points on the board. I mean, lots of people are screaming Plymouth uh, at us at the moment, and mm. we've been here lots and lots of times, but it will. I think you're right. I think it's sometimes you, you start to put this run, one of these runs together, and you win a couple of games, and you think, right, really put your foot in the gas now. And we've sat and talked about it loads, and Sunderland have never managed it, and they get these disappointing draws. This doesn't feel like that, does it? It's, no. um, no. you know, it, it, it definitely. Yeah. And I know it always feels different when you score late. I remember at Wal- Walsall a couple of years ago as well, in a similar situation where yes. you're 2-0 down and, and Gooch scored late on. And it's just a shame we the fans were um, denied those kind of scenes mm. again by not being able to be but, there. I mean, we talked about it the other week, about big moments in games and how we, we haven't been able to seize those. And it was nice to have, when it counted, we, we made something happen in that game. And we, it wasn't, I would say, before, and maybe under Jack Ross as well, we were winning games where we were just not quite at it, but McGeady would pop up and stick one in the top corner or whatever. Whereas, generally, our wins have come from, we've deserved them. We've, yep. we've worked for those wins and we've played well enough to win the game. Whereas, on Saturday, we didn't do that. We had the moments of magic in that game that counted. Um, and really, we should have won the game 4-2 because we had Winchester's header. He should really get on target. Oh, nine. Oh, nine missed an hour. That's a silly yeah. but yeah. nine missed. So we should it was have. Uh, yeah, we should have. And we had that other free kick where Sanderson just couldn't quite latch onto it. So I'm expecting against Swindon. And this could come back to bite us on the backside, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're, I wouldn't be surprised if we're three 0 up at half time, because because yeah. they're gonna because I think we saw against Shrewsbury we came out we came flying out in that game after a, a poorish performance in the game before and I feel as though 
I'm talking about the Shrewsbury home game, by the way. Um, and obviously the Doncaster game, we did it as well. And I've just got a feeling that after that performance, that first half performance, there's going to be a lot of players in that group, I think, going to want to put put the things right that they should have been doing in that game. The basic things they should have been doing, not on the ball, but off the ball as well. Yep. And I think yep. they'll come flying out the traps. And I would not, like you said, that Swindon, we played, they're probably the worst team we've played this season, Swindon, already once. Um, they're on a little bit of a better run at the moment. I think they've won a couple of games recently. They have. They have. Um, but I think they had a terrible January. Like I was reading about it, people saying they sold basically like all of the best players. And um, but they have, I think, the manager's not that popular, is he? Is it John Sheridan? Yeah, he's on the roll. So, but I, honestly, I fancy us like, you know, the Rochdale game where. Last season, where we were just like three and a little after half an hour, and then that the game was just dead, like nothing else happened for the other yeah. 60 minutes. I, I don't think I it would go I, dead I know after you we mean, got I, after them, but I've I just got a feeling. I've yeah, just got a feeling we're going to come out and roast them. I think the fact we equalise is significant on that because it's kind of it reminds the players that they can't just turn up and not put the effort in, that they're not good enough just to turn up and think they're going to win every game, but it does it when they are buoyed by scoring a last-minute goal, so they're on a bit of a high. Had we, like, lost 3-0 or something, the message would have been the same, wouldn't it? You know, you're not, you're not good enough to, to go out and take your foot off a gas and, you know, not, not try and win every single second ball and not try and move it quicker and, and not try and win all your, um, your personal battles. But it does it with a backdrop of, well, that's a great point and that's a great, you know, we've done really well there, lads, to give themselves some self-belief. So... I'm with you on that one. Uh, it's it, it, it's the most optimistic I've been about a game we've played in a long time, this, I think. Well, it's interesting, just when you mentioned the form, they actually, their last away game, if I'm reading this right, they drew away at Lincoln. So if we can beat them, we've gone two points better off than Lincoln have in recent times. You look at other teams that have played away recently, lost at Portsmouth, lost at Hull. Drew with Charlton, who were in a bit of a bad run of form themselves. Won at Ipswich, they've changed their manager because it's not going right for them. So you're really looking at that and thinking, okay, Lincoln stuttered a bit, actually. And if we want to prove we're not going to have a stutter, this is a game we just go and we have to win it. And like you say, if we could do it convincingly, I think it's not, I think going back to sort of your original question, or it's not just about tomorrow, is it? This is about tonight if you're listening to this on Tuesday it's about that back four and I think another key component is Grant obviously Ledbetter. Grant Ledbetter yeah. now had he started that game on Saturday would that de- team have looked better defensively as a unit I wonder because that thing I was talking about Porter running through our half of the pitch unchallenged Grant Ledbetter marshalling organising I'm not sure that happens you know he comes on and he's really unfortunate to end up at what's happened. And I really hope that isn't the last we see of him in the Sunderland shirt. I hope he has a speedy recovery and he can make a contribution before the end of the season. Because all of these other little things that we're having to reshuffle, it's weakening the midfield. And yeah. that could be crucial, not so much tomorrow night. I think you look at the way we beat Fleetwood. I think, you know, even with a makeshift back three or four, this is the kind of game we've got the quality to go out and dominate. But Portsmouth on the horizon, not far away now. At Lincoln, who have done well this season, no matter how small the club is, they're going to be bigger tests. 
and what what's the team going to look like? Because he can rotate that front three as much as he wants, really, apart from White, obviously. John's um, got to start. You can't, you can't, I think he has you, to play. You, you can't not have an impact like that completely change the game. He, he starts, he yeah, has to, to completely change and not be rewarded for it. Can, can, you? He, can he play from the right? Yeah, I think so. So I would, I would say I made two changes in those areas, and I'm bringing Maguire in for Gooch in that central area, and I'm bringing in and I'm bringing in Jones. What about midfield? Then, um, what's your team for tomorrow, Gavithan? Team for tomorrow or tonight, depending on when you're listening. Um, so tomorrow, Burge. I'd put probably go yeah. Okay. So I'd go Burge. So I know it's a hard one to think yeah. through, isn't it? Because of the back Burge, four. Burge, Power, McLaughlin, Sanderson, or nine at left back. Winchester, Scone, and then I'd have Maguire in behind, and I'd have McGeady on the left and Jones on the right. I tell you what, that's incredible. You look at that back four, right? If we go up automatically, and this is not a slight on any of them lads, it, it tells you that this isn't the division we came into because when like Luton went up, as the D3, D4 lads often point out on Twitter, they had two excellent fullbacks and they're playing at a higher level now for a reason. And we'll be playing with potentially a central midfielder who's right-footed at left-back and a central midfielder at right-back. And Winchester, I thought, did quite well, actually, when he came on. Um, but you're down to just him and you're down to basically, if, if that's the team we're going to go forward with, you are down to Winchester and Scowan and Dan Neal. And you're not, if you're playing Maguire in the, in the middle of like that, you are leaving yourself more exposed defensively because he is in a defensive no. tight. You, you look at that midfield three. I go back to it. Power, Scowan 09 and how good it was against Doncaster. And look at how different what we're talking about putting out, not just in terms of quality, yeah. in terms of what the type of player is and what they offer. It's, different, it's so think, different. Different quality. I think there's quality in that. In that of course, the quality's there. In that group, but the synergy might be That's the, the it. issue. However, That's it. that should be enough to beat Agreed. Swindon. Agreed it should be that. enough to beat Swindon. If you're, going in that game, if you're going in with that team against Portsmouth, yeah. um, you're setting it up differently. But if, if you... If you're playing Swindon at home and you're in a good run of form, I think if I was a Swindon defender and you saw you had the call with Wyke, Jones, McGeady and Maguire, I'd probably not be looking forward to my evening. But even people like Diamond waiting again on as a sub and exactly. stuff as well. Yeah. Exactly. If you can just say to people like Jones and McGeady, just do, do just go for a pelt and then you know, 60 minutes, if you're blown a bit, we'll bring Diamond on, it's not a problem. Give us interesting everything in that, the, in that yeah. period. I think Ledbetter's absence is going to be interesting, it's going to tell us a lot, and yeah. we've but, made but this plea. Winchester, Winchester was brought in to do a similar job, so it's his right. turn now. Yeah, it's, stand, to go, right, it's to, disappointing to, up, it's disappointing yeah. to lose yeah. him, but he should be saying, right? Yeah. I'll show, Put that challenge out, room. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you've came to Sunderland for a reason, you know, yeah. so you, you're stepping absolutely. up, so shows that you're capable of stepping yeah. up, absolutely go with that. I think well, the ultimate frustration is that in January, we are, we've somehow signed a, with the one position we absolutely had to improve on was left back, and we haven't done that. And I just hope that isn't the thing that costs us, because having good fullbacks, it's important. It, 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 the attacking dynamic of the team is impacted by your fullbacks. When Power is at right back, 
it's his attacking element that's actually been really, really useful because his delivery from the right is absolutely fantastic at times. Defensively, suspect. Like you say, Gareth, shouldn't really be a problem when you're playing Swindon at home. But you just think if we just had a left-back come in, it changes the dynamic again because you've got another midfielder. You can play in midfield. You can put one of these guys at right-back. I wonder whether he's going to give Vulcans a game. I just wonder whether he might bring him I in. I think he would rather... It's a difficult one, isn't it? I was going to say he would rather bring him on when you're leading maybe 2-0 if you can, just to like ease him into it. But then you just think, what have you got to lose? Because this other guy is just so... I mean, Flanagan <laughs> could be back tomorrow. That I mean, would be great. He said a week, He said a week, didn't he? About last Monday, so... Well, it'll be good to get Please, if, if, if if they are to try and get them some minutes, even the last 10, 20 minutes, because we, you know, we're looking at these next two games now. We're making a play we've made so many times on here. Like, come on, this is the time. Yep. Put your foot on the throat. Six points from the next two games. You've got two extremely winnable games. Home games against Swindon and Rochdale is it on Saturday, and. We messed this up. Sunderland historically, they, they, they can't do it. But by the time we come to Portsmouth, we need to look. We need, firstly, that confidence, I think, of having all these wins together because that can take you a long way and mask some problems up. But secondly, you know, to try and get some of these defenders back. So, well, I think the play again is any anybody confident for both games? Just, just, just quickly then and go out. What, you're going to say something there, Craig? Well, we're, we're thinking about the Portsmouth game, and it is obviously a big one. We do need, I think, what Gareth was saying about Flanagan. He's much maligned, you know, by the fan base. Is he? I think he gets quite a lot of stick, and I, I think must, sometimes honestly, it's unfair. Like, I sometimes get surprised when I hear this because I, when people say this about certain players, I just don't hear it. Maybe it's the people I go to the match with. I don't say. I, I don't well, maybe it's that. online, Steve. Maybe, maybe it's more of online. I would say so because I don't get that at all. I don't think you oh, know. Like he's a leader, though. He gets a bit. He get. I think he, he gets a bit of a <laughs> criticism for not being. Not being other players, if that makes sense. I agree. He's perfectly reasonable league one yeah. defender. Perfectly. Oh, yeah. He's perfectly part, I quite like him. But like him, mm-hmm. I think he's nice on the ball. Um, you could play him at left back, I'll tell you that, if you had yeah, other he's players. He's played fit. there before, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if I fancy him at left back, but at the same time. He played that before, didn't he? He, he played for Burton in the right, championship. He played a couple of games for us. right back, but I can't remember him playing left back. I remember seeing him being involved in a goal for Burton in a cup game, marauding down the left. So I'm sure he's played there. I like him. I like his. I like Flanagan's attitude. Uh, I like his attitude, and I like his application to the game. And sometimes he makes mistakes, but like it's League One, like loads of the players make mistakes. I haven't got a problem with with Flanagan being in the team at all. Even if if it was a choice between Wright or Flanagan, I'd toss a coin. I know people really like Bailey Wright, but I I think Flanagan. I don't think he's like vastly better than Flanagan, in my opinion. Flanagan's a leader as well. And I think some of the problems we encountered on Saturday, maybe, because O'Neill's not a centre-half and he's got McFadzian who is just all over the place next to him, right? If you've got Flanagan next to McFadzian, perhaps it's not quite as much of a horror show. I'm not saying the guy's going to suddenly become a competent footballer, but he hasn't been that bad in every single game he's played for us. He's been pretty awful if you would average his sort of performance out over his Sunday career, you would say, yeah, not good enough. But that was that was a low point. That was a trough. That it was really the bottom bottom of the barrel stuff. 
I think if you've got a Bailey Wright or a, a Tom Flanagan next to him, it surely isn't that bad. And I think 09 even, if you if you had a proper left back, the same thing works the other way around. I think 09's performance level probably, because he, he did look like he had a bit of a rough time in that position on the weekend. And I, I think, you know, it's not his position, but I think he performs better if he's, if he's not alongside someone that incapable. I mean, he is, he's just not, he, he cannot play McFadsy in a game, can he? <laughs> if well, was, no, I'd rather have him. Yeah, I'd rather sits, still have yeah, him. If you we, had a pick, we, pick yeah. between Wogan and McFadden, I'd still go McFadden. Yeah, I mean, that well, that says a lot. It does. We could have, we could, you know, I don't think there's a right answer for that debate. Um, I don't think anybody could put a strong case forward for one over the other. So we'll we'll leave it there, go out in a positive. Um, yeah, we're going to win. Big Let's game, big, big couple of games for Sunderland and it's, it's not being arrogant or selfish to say I'm not even looking at, at three from the next game. I'm looking at six. I know the old cliches. Look at your next game first, but I think we're. I think well. I think, put, I think put, we're in a good. We're in a, the best place we've been in for a while. I think. Put, put, put a put a prediction out. I think we'll win. I think we'll win them both with a combined goal difference of about five. So I think we'll win three nil, two nil, four one, three one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we'll, uh, yeah. we'll do. I them. think we've got a three nil or three one in us tomorrow night. Yeah, there you go. I, I fancy. I, I do. I, I feel the same. I fancy us to win the next two games comfortably, and we should yeah. win the next two. Rochdale are in in bother. They, yep. They've had a real. They've had been in bother recently. Swindon on paper, even though the record ain't great, <coughs> look in, a bit in better form than Rochdale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we've got Portsmouth, which their home record is not great. You know, no. so an hour away record. Go, yeah, and their their form recently has been a little bit iffy, Portsmouth. So. If we can go on the back onto that game and the back two wins, you know, we we should be going there with our chests out and going right. We've got these games out of the way. We've got 14 games left. We've got to play a lot of the teams around us. Let's go and this is when we make our move now and start dominating. Like trying to put the foot on the throat has always been like the thing we've said and we've never quite done it at this level so like well, please do it this time because Portsmouth. we need to get out Narrators. speaking of speaking Nar- of Portsmouth Q Narrator's voice yeah. Portsmouth have got um, <laughs> they've got Doncaster away tomorrow now they're an interesting one losing Mua we'll not digress too far into this yeah. then they've got Northampton on way on Saturday to play us obviously next and when we're having fun in, at Wembley hopefully not us personally obviously but yeah. the team uh, they've got Peterborough away. So it's crunch time for Portsmouth. If we win the next two, there's a chance we could go above them. And if we then carry that form into the game against them and beat them, I know we're jumping quite far ahead here and that's not good. To, they, that, they would be going into that Peterborough game under a lot of pressure, potentially. So let's hope, like, let's hope they, that's the case. The results really start to feel like they've got something on them now, don't they? When you get yes, to the stage of the crunch time. Well, when that goal, when that goal went in, um, the second one, I was up. Like the first, I feel like it's yeah. the first time I've properly celebrated the goal this season, that, that Maguire goal, and just because of the nature of the situation. Yeah. But totally, it feels like now it all it all counts now. Yeah, it looks like it's starting to click. Let's get back to the cliche. Think about the first game. And he is hoping for a comfortable victory. Uh, Rory and Matthew will be back Wednesday or Thursday to 
to hopefully talk about the win. Um, and remember to get yourself across to uh, wisemanca.co.uk um, to look for a link to get yourself a live ticket because they've, they've, they've gone quite quickly um, already. And just whatever donation, if you can afford one, Danny Collins is going to come along. Lots of action-packed stuff for you there. As always, thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.